cliffcentral.com. Aha, good morning. It is Monday, Easter Monday, of course, 2020, a slightly different one from the years before. And it's been an awesome one, actually. Time to reflect. I hope you didn't eat too many Easter eggs. I hope you, you were able to carry on with the normal routine. But on this Easter Monday, I am not alone. And that feels good. It feels good not to be alone. I'm joined by the dynamic duo, of course, of that 80s show team. I've got Dory van Lagerenberg and Paulo Diaz. How are you guys doing? Hey. Yeah, morning. Yeah. How goes it there, Paulo? Early. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the earliest you've woken up ever? Not ever, no. I used to um, do a ridiculously early news shift and have to wake up at 3 a.m. That was nightmare days. We won't talk about that. What, to 3 a.m. in the morning? I used to start at four, so I used to wake up at three to get there by four. But where were you working on a, in a in a coal mine? In a radio, I'm sorry, TV news place. Oh, okay, all right. Well, that sounds that sounds it sounds pretty similar to me. But oh, there's, exactly. there's there's something bizarre about being in a in a studio that time of the morning. So I mean, also um, you know, ex ex life in a radio station, and you do occasionally need to come in. You know that early in the morning, and you're prepped, and you're the you know you're the good um, the good uh, proficient guy, and then you find like the show hosts arrive like five minutes to six, where you've been prepping since four o'clock, and they walk in five minutes to six, like where's all my stuff, and then just come in like oh thanks, okay, my two hours of work, um, and you walk in five minutes before, but that's professionalism, right? No, hundred yeah, percent. You have to work many years to get to that level. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You you got to be what they call a consummate pro in the biz. Yeah. So now tell me, um, Easter is different for all of us, right? Um, what I love about living in South Africa is that you're going to encounter every type of race, religion, and particularly living in Johannesburg, right? You're going to encounter every version of everything. So whether you're Jewish, whether you're Christian, whether you're Muslim, whether you, however you, you kind of celebrate this, uh, this period. Um, so we got kind of three people where I'm what you might call agnostic leaning the other way very much the other way paulo uh, how did you celebrate do you celebrate easter do you have any traditions do you do you buy eggs do you normally go to church or do you not go to church what's your story there? yeah so like easter is the catholic christmas um and <laughs> we, so so you you do you do the whole big thing it's a very ceremonial time of year and uh, you do the church thing for like four days what you're supposed to do for four days, but you do two out of the four. Um, you do the big lunches, you do the family thing, you do the Easter egg hunts. Um, you, you like say, oh, the commercialism of it all. All it is is a holiday to sell chocolates. Um, and then you, you just wait until your inevitable and uh, merciful death by someone from up above. <laughs> so, so you are. Wow. <laughs> You think Jewish guilt is bad, my friends. Let me talk to you about Catholic guilt one day. Yeah, I mean, nothing more puritanical. Um, so, so, yeah, that sounds like a Catholic holiday to me, like celebrate it or be punished. It is, and we start the morning off with, uh, you know, you see the, the, the Pope doing uh, an empty mass in the Vatican and, like, sheds a tear, and then ended off with Andrea Bocelli singing in an empty, empty uh, churches. So, you know, if, if nothing's going to make you feel guilty and terrible, like hopeless, you know, it's those two scenes bookending your day. <laughs> But Chelly's great though. He could honestly, he could be singing in a I don't know in a grave, and it it would move me. Did you guys see any of that that performance last night? No. So no. so he 
he did at the Duomo, the the um, the cathedral, um, and he got permission to perform a concert. Amazing, but it's so bizarre because um, there's no one there, and it's the most heartfelt, surreal, morbid thing I've seen in a long time. Uh, dare I say it's not the most morbid thing he's seen in a long time but i wouldn't be as cheap as to make that joke no of course you would and so that that would yeah that would be uh sort of not not self-aware of you of uh or just uh you know blind blind misgivings by paulo diaz on on, on a monday morning here in easter no never from me never <laughs> so you know an interesting thing for me was kind of experiencing it through the digital space you know Kind of, you know, if it was Pesach, you kind of did that over the net and you did that through Zoom. So that was quite interesting to, to me to see how people adapted, you know, because whether you're religious or not, you have to acknowledge that these uh, sort of ceremonial occasions are worldwide. You know, Christians and Jewish people are everywhere in this world. And it was it's so interesting to see rabbis kind of doing their thing. I mean, we had Rabbi Goldman on, if you haven't seen, if you haven't listened to Listening in, uh, Living in Lockdown on. And he was saying he was doing congregations to people in Australia, you know? So I kind of think it's been awesome to see what tech has done even in the pandemic for everyone. Yeah, across the board, you've seen that. I mean, so even even in our experience with our church services, so pretty much everything was put up, but like in a bit of a different style, like churches doing podcasts. And, and like you say, like all of a sudden people's congregations, it must be such an interesting time, like for churches as well, because they're always focused like on a, a geographical area of these are the people that they want to pull in. Now suddenly there's no limit to that. And you can see it like in schools, like suddenly like schools, I mean, do they now just broaden their, their borders and now can bring in kids from anywhere, you know, through a, you know, a distance or uh, uh, an online learning program. So, I mean, all of this technology and it's just like everything you go through. So first the school things wake you up and you go, wow, we can learn without being in a classroom. We can go to church without being in a building. Uh, so it's we can do radio shows without being next to each other. So it's just like this this whole thing's making us like just reinvent and rethink how we're doing stuff. Yeah, and I just I think you know the sense of community. I, th- I think that's just amazing. So if you're if you're listening to us, first of all, well, good morning and welcome. Joining myself and Dory and Paolo and and uh, the fellow mad people that are up at this time on Easter. But good morning to you. If you guys do want to get in touch with us, please send us your questions uh, on Twitter. Let us know what you got up to as well, because it's super interesting to me uh, to hear the different traditions, what people eat. Send us pictures. You can do that through Twitter. Otherwise, on Telegram, you can send us a message on Telegram. And the number, of course, the regular number, 079-748-2090. So that's 079-748-2090. And that is on Telegram. Otherwise, send us a tweet, cliffcentral.com. And let us know, what did you do this weekend? Who did you spend it with? Who annoyed you? Who did you love having around? What did you eat? Did you eat too many Easter eggs? I mean, I've seen so many great Easter memes with all the sort of Easter bunnies and Easter eggs with a mask over their uh, their face, of course, representing Easter uh, lockdown style, which has been hilarious. People are just uh, amazing. And so, I mean, on the other side of the spectrum, right, is some of us sort of are secular, but we do like tradition. I mean, tradition has a place to, to play in all of our lives. You know, I think it's, it can be good. It can bring us together. And I think it's good sometimes to force people to be in communion, especially in that we, we live in a rather individualistic world, in my opinion. So sometimes it's good to have, and I think this is where religion does it better than anybody else, and the secular world has failed here, is to say, on this day, 
you will be part of a community, you know? And so, Dory, how, how was it for you? Like, did you, when you were younger, did you celebrate, uh, younger? How were you brought up? Were you brought up in a religious home, secular home? How, what was it like for you? And what was Easter like for you right now? So I was uh, raised in a Jewish home, but not a very religious Jewish home. So we never did Easter, of course. Uh, we used to do Pesach. And um, it was all cool and everything, but I kind of lost my religion at about 14 years old, much to my mother's despair. Um, <laughs> and, and then I married into a non-religious, non-Jewish family. And it's so funny because my, my oy, and it's so funny because my um, relatives, my Jewish relatives, you know, there seems to be a dichotomy when it comes to it. you're either Jewish or you're Christian, and there's nothing else. So nothing. you can't be Jewish. Well, yeah, there's that. But <laughs> when they when they heard that I was marrying someone who wasn't Jewish, they immediately assumed that, of course, he was Christian. But the uh, the family that I married into are not Christian. They're actually very just secular. But of course. Easter and Christmas have become very secular celebrations over the years. And if you want to really get into it, there's all the pagan history to them all, especially with Easter, lots of pagan history. So, you know, it's a very gray area, let's put it that way. But, um, yeah, so when I first met my husband, um, we actually got together in, I think it was October. And then, of course, a couple of months later, there was my first Christmas, which was weird and cool. And it was like this huge family I'm an only child. He's one of four. So it was this huge family gathering. And then, of course, the following year, there was my first Easter. And I, I mean, obviously, you know about Easter eggs, you know about hot cross buns. But then I was introduced to this concept that I had never heard of before called pickled fish. Oh. And at first I was like, oh, my God, that sounds so gross. Oh, you were right. It actually sounds like a Jewish delicacy because <laughs> there's a lot of pickled fish in, Ju in Judaism as well. But... Um, and I do like some of the, you know, some of the herrings and stuff that you get with Judaism. But I thought, oh, no, pickle fish, that doesn't sound good. But then I tasted it. But, you, but to be clear, this is my sister-in-law's pickled fish. That is amazing. Um, other pickled fish has not blown me away. <laughs> do you get along with your uh, sister-in-law? Because I imagine she, she might, like, poison the fish if she didn't like you. Have I you gotten along, along from the beginning? Absolutely. Okay, She's solid. Well. She's literally the sister from another mister, that whole deal. Excellent. So, yeah. Well, good for yeah. you. Yeah, so she loves to cook for the whole family. So even with lockdown, I was like, oh, my God, what, what am I going to do without her pickled fish? And she <laughs> just said, hey, listen, come and get some. Just come and get some. And I was like, look, I don't want to, like, break lockdown. But I was out and about shopping yesterday anyway. And her house was literally on my way home from the shop. So I did the teeniest little detour quickly literally screamed past the house and she ran out and threw the pickled fish in my arms and i drove off there was no break lockdown just be clear but i needed the pickled fish or else it's not easter so yeah we uh, we feasted we had the hot cross buns we had the pickled fish i did the easter egg hunt for my daughter she loves it um it's so funny because over the years we've brought the easter egg hunt indoors in the beginning you do it outside in the garden but then what happened was the one year it was pouring with rain. It just wouldn't stop raining. And so we started doing it in the house and she loves it in the house now. So she doesn't even want it outdoors anymore. We have to do an inside the house Easter egg hunt, which is cool because you have a lot more options of places to hide actually. So yeah, that was fun. Yeah. That whole Easter, but Easter's getting massive commercially as well. You know? Oh yeah. 
Oh like, yeah, I mean, and the thing is, I mean, you can you can get Easter eggs and hot cross buns in the shops from like January now, so <laughs> it's not even a seasonal thing anymore. Yeah, I mean, is Easter starting to compete with like Christmas as a you know, as kind of a, a, a sort of commercial giant? I just I've just never seen it this big, or I, I don't know if it's because I'm in lockdown and just taking everything in via the digital space. But Paula, I don't know how you're experiencing it, but I just feel like commercially, it's just become a monster. If Discam can do a special around it, they definitely will make a, a, a commercial monster out of any holiday. Um, oh, and, and they don't even call it Easter eggs anymore. It's like non-denominational seasonal chocolate eggs. And they can sell it in January and February. Well, in February, they're Valentine eggs. So um, they February, they're Valentine's eggs, and they become Easter eggs, and they become winter eggs, and they become Halloween eggs, and then they become round to Christmas eggs again. So the chocolate egg business is thriving. Um and on the, the pickled fish, you know, when, when Dari mentioned she wanted to talk about pickled fish, I was like, pickled fish, have I ever had? And I have had pickled fish. And I think in Mediterranean cultures, a lot of stuff is pickled. And it's actually have come to the conclusion over the years, you can pretty much pickle anything and it'll taste delicious. Oh, wow. That is true. Because who would have thought that a pickled onion is good? But I've tasted those and they're good. Yeah, you, can, you can pretty much pickle it. I've had pretty much a pickled everything. And I Tastes good. I think it's the pickle. It's the vinegar and the oh, chili, and, and that's what makes it taste good. You pickle anything. You know, on the, the, the you mentioned the, the Jewishness, right? So I, the Jewishness, just casually, we just, yeah, just while, throw it out there. While we're on the Jewishness. Yeah, while, while we're throwing Jewishisms out there. <laughs> um, do you know that I met, I, I only met my first Jewish person in varsity? It's impossible. You live, where do you live? On the moon. So it's very possible. I went to a Catholic school from grade one through to matric. So all my friends were Catholic. And then outside of school, all my friends were Portuguese. So everyone was Catholic. So I only knew Catholic people. And then when I went to varsity, I met somebody who wasn't Catholic. And it just blew my mind. And that was the, my first encounter with a Jewish person was in varsity at 19 years old. So, so no, what did you know about Jewish people at that point? Nothing, nothing. You talk about like there's either Jewish or, or Christian. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't even know Christian. I just knew Catholic. If you weren't Catholic, you weren't. And now, you know, I think like a lot of religions have loosened up and especially Catholicism. But I mean, you're going like, you know, when in my day, I mean, it was a sort of school where we went to church um, once a week. We had religious education, like sometimes twice a day. So it was like you know, proper Catholic school. So you just didn't know. You knew about the Jewish that were in the Bible, but then they were like sort of like supporting characters. You know, sometimes like in a Netflix series where Ryan Reynolds is in for an episode, you go, was Ryan Reynolds really in that episode? And that's sort of like what, what it was like. <laughs> that's so unbelievable. Funny. That's one of the most... Unbe- you, Malelo, when did you meet your first Jew? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> over to Jew. Yeah, Malelo. over... <laughs> Well, that was a good pun. Uh, too good. You know, I love a pun. So for, for all of you, if you've got a great pun, please put it on Twitter because it's my favorite thing in the world. Puns will never get old. And if you're just getting up, good morning and thanks for joining us. Uh, 079-748-2090. You can get us on Telegram. Please let us know. How did you spend Easter? How, how was your weekend? Who who were you digitally connected to? How are the kids? And, and Dory, I mean, before we move off this, so you've got a 14-year-old, right? 12-year-old. 12 12-year-old. 12 Close enough. Is 12, 12, 14? Hey? No, there's a huge difference between those two ages, hey? Oh, really? 
Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, I need, <laughs> I, I need to learn this stuff. But what's it like having a child in the house, especially in lockdown? Did she eat all the Easter eggs? I mean, what are kids like? Do they not just ravage everything before the, the, the date it's supposed to be? Well, look, she does love her chocolate. She's a professional chocolate eater <laughs> like me. And um, she was very excited because I told her that there was going to be hardly any Easter eggs. I told her, listen, I don't know if I'm going to like get to the shops in time. And I kind of played up the whole, you know, like, will you be happy with two or three Easter eggs kind of thing? Yeah. And then I bought her a huge bag of easter eggs and then one of those big bunnies and then they also got these like you know these little baby chocolate ones so in the in the end we had like 20 something easter eggs so she was thrilled um (laughs) that's like wow but um yeah having a 12 year old no well here's the thing about having a 12 year old in lockdown i'm really lucky that mine is quite a homebody at the best of times she's not one of these kids who wants to constantly go out she once a couple of years ago and she's reminded me of this during this time period it was a five-week school holiday end of the year the december school holiday she did not leave the house once during that school holiday it was the year we got netflix that might have had something to do with it (laughs) fair (laughs) enough yeah that'll help and i think she also got a tablet for christmas which might have had something to do with it but um yeah so she's she's actually She's fine. She's happy to be home. She Look, she is connecting with her friends online and she is doing the online school thing, which is keeping her very busy. We also, we, you know, we're lucky. We have a, a, a lovely garden with a swing in it and she can run around and play on the swing. And so she's fine. She's cool. Yeah, that is very cool. So I want to tell you about my experience as uh, being, as I said, agnostic, leaning the other way is I always get these messages from my mom, right? So my mom's like, She's always saying she'll pray for me to come over to the good side. And hey, you know, as I've gotten, as I'm getting older, I'm moving into my 30s now, mid 30s, and I'm learning to uh, be more diplomatic about such matters, or I'm trying to learn. But so my mom's like passive aggressive with it, right? Is she'll always end off every message with God bless. And then uh, the big memes she was sending me now on Easter is he has risen, you know, that vibe. I don't know if you, I'm sure you all got these. And, but my mom's passive aggressive. If I don't reply to her religious memes, she keeps sending stuff until I reply to it. So, because in her mind, she's going to keep, she always says it, she's going to keep praying for me until I come over to the good side. And like, I don't reply to this stuff. And people that are religious who know I'm not religious keep sending me this stuff and get annoyed when I don't reply. And then all of a sudden, I'm the bad guy for not replying. I'm like, no, why are you doing this? I, you know, I don't celebrate this. You know, I'm I'm happy for people to celebrate it, but why am I the bad guy now? Do I sound you think ridiculous? Trying to con- are they trying to convert you? Is that is that the the aim of the game? Like, I want to stop presuming what they're doing. I mean, that's what they tell me, and they they praying for me. I'm like, okay, but I'm allowed to be over here. It's it's fine. I'm not going stop celebrating your thing, but it's like now they're coming into my thing, and doubly, I'm the bad person if I don't reply. I'm like. What what world am I living in here? Well, you know, all religion is based on guilt, so I mean, it's, I think it's just the way it is. And uh, but I, I have a I have a solution for you, which may or may not work. It could backfire horribly. Sure, let's hear it. I'm I'm all about I, group thinking. I think that you should find you know really cheesy memes by like famous atheists like Christopher Hitchens, etc., and, <laughs> and and just keep bombarding them with those and see what happens if they reply. Do you know what I should do? I should have a, a stock standard kind of uh, meme set where it's 
from like Darwin, then like Richard Dawkins, then like Sam Harris, and then that's it. And I just I just keep sending those in rotation to him. See, and then if they don't reply, I should get upset. Like, why aren't you acknowledging my secular nature? Yeah, yeah, I that's think. the secret with guilt is you got to turn it around on him. Yeah, or, or, or go completely the other direction and start your own cult. And then, so put yourself as the the higher being in this cult, uh, and see how they like that. So it goes, okay. Well, you don't want me to believe in you want me to believe in something. Yeah, I believe in myself and mass murders, <laughs> and you know the, the alien spaceship eventually coming to take us off, and then build your meme set around that. Oh my goodness, this is fun. you see, this is why it's important to. There are no bad ideas in brainstorming. One, you got to put things out there. Except what starting a cult. Don't start a cult. No, if no, if you were on the fence, don't start it. Don't take this as the jump off point. It's one of my biggest regrets in life that I never started a cult. In fact, it's probably not too late. Let's be honest. I could probably start a cult at any stage in my life. But, I mean, you've got it made if you can start a cult. Look, it doesn't have to be a death cult. It can be a we're going to take all your money cult. You know what I mean? Oh, you don't are there differences? Oh, I didn't realize there was a subtlety. Yeah, you don't, it doesn't have to be a we're all going to die cult. It can be a give me all your money and uh, off you go kind of cult. Yeah, I think, do you, know, do you know what gets a little bit awkward for me is while my mom's alive, I'd, I don't want, uh, I put my mom through enough shame in my 20s. So I've kind of made this thing where I don't want to shame my mom for the rest of my life. And I know what most cults are, right? If you look at most cults, Generally, they descend into men having sex with women. That's all they set up for. And that becomes revealed. Through, I mean, through yoga, through yoga. Class. I was going to say, Bikram's the latest one, right? Like that whole Bikram guy. Like all of them, all of them are essentially set up so that men can just have sex with women. And it's, it's, it's deplorable. And how would my mom explain to her when she gives tithe on Sundays to everyone that her son is the guy who started a sex cult now? Because that's what you're they wrong, all are. By the way. No, no, you're wrong. Okay, so I, I listen to quite a few podcasts about cults because it's a, a, an interest of mine. The Heaven's Gate, which was a death cult, Heaven's Gate, they, nobody was allowed to have any sex at all. They all had to be completely celibate. A- and what about the leader? Gen- generally, it's not the mm. people themselves. No, the, no, the leader no, always no, ravages no. everyone. You see, I think that's where it came from, was that the leader was what you would call asexual or demisexual, wasn't interested in sex. So then the followers had to be the same. Hmm. So it's not always about that. Look, it's often about that. If you watched uh, Wild Wild Country, I don't know if you've seen that series where it was about the the cult that sprang up in was it Oklahoma or somewhere oh. in the middle of the America there, but it, it originated in India. I mean, that just turned into mass orgies and stuff like that. So, I, I've, so, been yeah. o- I've been to I've been to Oklahoma. Is they have uh, they have two religions in, in the South in, in, in that sort of uh, you know I've been to Alabama. And I've been to Texas and I've been to Oklahoma. That entire region has two religions. College football, which is, which is a cult. It is a cult in, in the South. And then they've got, uh, the, the Lord our Savior Jesus Christ. So yeah, no, I'm not surprised that that region has had, I mean, you, you look at, I haven't seen the series you're talking about, but that region has just had cult upon cult upon, it's, it's primed for that, right? That re, that region. So if you are joining us for the first time this morning, um, we, we are available on, uh, Telegram. So, 079-748-2090. How was Easter? What are you doing? Are you part of essential services? Are you working this morning? Where are you? How was it? And I've got a message here from, is it Adriana Riv- Ribeiro? Adriano Ribeiro. Uh, 
He's ah, oh, Paulo, fellow Portuguese individual, says, "Happy Easter, mo- uh, e- Happy Easter Monday, gents," and I, I presume he means lady as well. Um, I'm on my way to work. I'm what you might call an essential worker. <laughs> Not much has changed for me since the lockdown, except the fact that I've become busier. Because when you can't touch your face, drink, smoke, or socialize, supermarkets become the spot to hang out and spend your money. Because what else are you going to do after sharing your workout vid on Instagram? Zero traffic is fantastic. This weekend I spent with my roommate who also owns a supermarket. First time in my life as a Portuguese Catholic, I haven't spent Easter with my family and my grandfather who had to stay at home alone this uh, this Easter. It's kind of sad because it's not like you can video stream or set up any house party app with him. Anyway, keep safe, fam. Yeah, that see there's another thing. Like if your if your family members are I mean most of our parents are I don't want to label them luddites, but they are they're not exactly in the technology loop. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And even if even if they are, so my parents are pretty good for for that generation, but Every uh, video chat starts with an up the nose shot. Um, <laughs> you know, then then they're cool after that. But it's like every video chat starts up the nose. Um, so, <laughs> but I reckon that's pretty possible. You know, you got to get up the nose for five seconds, and then once you see the face, okay, cool. Then then they're going. So we had a lot of that. You're, there were a lot of sad Portuguese yesterday. I was just getting WhatsApps and uh, video chats, and everyone was just saying their parents were so depressed and. Oh, they just couldn't do it, and everyone was drinking. I mean, Johnny Walker whiskey was the the, the drink of choice yesterday. Um, and um, you know, from from Adriana's story, uh, I also know people with supermarkets, and they also they've it is absolutely insane. They've never seen anything like it. Um, and eggs. So apparently, um, toilet rolls seem to be okay. Um, eggs. Guys in supermarkets are telling me that they cannot put out eggs. Quick enough. As they unpack them, eggs are taken. Hmm. Wow. Um, so de- eggs aren't, aren't used to ferment anything to make um, at-home alcohol, hey? Because that's, oh. that's the, the thing at the moment is that you can barely find yeast anywhere in the shops because everyone's making their own at-home alcohol. I have a friend Your- who made pineapple beer, and it was very funny. He posted some videos um, of himself rather drunk on Facebook from the pineapple beer. It definitely seems like a winner. So... <laughs> so eggs. eggs, why eggs? So firstly, the eggs. Having said that out loud, I think there's going to be a lot of fucking pissed off kids like yesterday <laughs> having gotten real actual eggs because their parents weren't jacked up enough to get <laughs> uh, chocolate eggs. So I think maybe let's see what the, what the egg sales, how they slow down. And then um, on the pineapple beer, right? People making their own alcohol is very interesting because I think next year Easter or our next lockdown, there's going to be a lot more blind people singing if you're making pineapple beer in your bathtub at home. Yeah, no, geez, that's uh, that's something else. Yeah, I mean, if you if you use eggs to um, sort of try and make alcohol or whatever, um, I genuinely think eggnog. You, yeah, yeah, eggnog. But I I think after drinking that, you would be a shell of yourself. <laughs> you crack me up. <laughs> Uh, that's a terrible yoke. Terrible oh yoke. yes, we see we're rolling, we're rolling, I, I, and, and I love it. So, just a correction there on the wild, wild country. Um, Dano Swan uh, says uh, wild, wild country's in it's in Oregon, and I've been to Oregon, another super ah, and another yes, super yes. super conservative place. Big mountains there, and uh, jeepers, do they like football there as well? Oregon State, massive, massive college college game they are so there we go wild wild uh, wild wild country go and check that out if you're into cults like dory 
So, Dory, these, um, um, sorry, these, these football towns, I mean, is it as nuts as you see on TV and in the movies where like that high school or the, the, the college I can understand, but like these towns with high school football team and these, the high school kids are the stars of the town. It's like, is that a real thing? From what I experienced, having been, as I said, Texas, Oklahoma, uh, Alabama, being in that sort of region, is high school guys are big, but there's nothing bigger. In fact, college football is bigger than NFL in the South. Um, it, it is the biggest product in America. I mean, so I uh, the one college game I've got, I've had the pleasure or hysteria. I, I don't know whether it's pleasurable or not. It was like a hundred thousand people, right? I went and watched. Um, an Alabama Texas Longhorns game at the Texas Longhorns Stadium. It is, it's insane. And Paula, I've been to the, the craziest sport environment I've ever been in is at the La Bombonera to watch El Clasico, right? Which is oh, wow. uh, River Plate versus Boca Juniors. And that was insane. Chocolate box. And I tell you what, it didn't compare to this. It is, Paula, whatever you're imagining, times that by 100. Whatever you're, whatever, however cult like and insane you think it is. Tell you what, at this Texas Longhorns game, I remember them saying something like there were 200,000 people tailgating outside. 100,000 in the stadium. And if you don't know what tailgating is, it's barbecuing or brying outside. Outside the game. For a college game. In your bucky. 200,000 200, people. Yeah. Do you hear me when I say 200,000 people? It's a cult. It's, it's, it's exactly what, it's exactly what we're saying. So, you know, it's, it's just phenomenal. So we got Michelle. Who, of course, a long-time listener. And we all love Michelle. She says, hi, all. I'm an essential worker at the aquarium. Still needing to be kept up and running. Good for you, Michelle. And happy Easter. Good morning to you. Remember, we're on Telegram. The regular number, 079-748-2090. Now, you were speaking about parents, right? And we all know, just we, like, if you're an international listener, and maybe you haven't been to SA, and you are in love with Cliff Central, you've forgotten what it's like in South Africa, everybody knows this type of character. So Nina Hasty, who's a friend of the show, made, if you haven't seen her on Instagram, it has an unbelievable Instagram. So guys, I'm going to play you. She's got this character called Mrs. Smith. And it's just unbelievable. You got to listen to this. And I think we, everybody knows one of these people. And before I play this video, there's one thing that was on my mind as well is, you know, so many people are traveling. South Africa is a migrant labor country, Right. Is Johanna, everybody comes to Johannesburg or Cape Town to work, but they're all from outskirts and our producer, Mfundo, uh, Mfundo Gagla. Uh, so I think he might be away from home for the first time. I'm not sure whether he's been away for, from home for Easter. So Mfundo, maybe you should uh, come get in studio here. Uh, and after I play this video, let us know exactly what it's like to be away for the first time. But listen to this. Nina Hasty, Mrs. Smith, you got to check out this character. Let's listen to this. Uh, every morning I wake up during this lockdown crisis and uh, I do my little meditation. I do the, my daughter said I must do the Pilates, but it's a little bit challenging because, um, you know, um, Charity isn't here to clean and I don't know where the, the, the yoga mat is. She, she always hides things from me. I don't know why she, but anyway, I mean, I appreciate her. I mean, I appreciate her, but, you know. Anyway, I wake up every morning and I do my, my, my little meditation and I just say, 
Thank God for syrup. <laughs> Thank God for syrup. <laughs> Don't we all know that character in our life? So funny. That's I mean, so I good. know a, a few of those actually. Yeah, and she's got like that aging app on her, so she really looks like <laughs> your Santin yuppie. Like, oh, it's just too delightful. So, Fundo, is it, is it your first year away from home, or, or what, what's what's the vibe for you this Easter, bro? Yeah, no, I'm good. Can uh, can you guys hear him? Yeah. A bit soft. <laughs> ah, Mfundo, there you are. Ah, uh, there we are. Uh, yeah, there we go. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not as good a producer as Mfundo. So, Mfundo, your first Easter away from home? Uh, definitely, yeah. It's the first one away from home, and yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite hard, obviously. Uh, but hey, a man's gotta do what a man gotta do. Morning, Tori. Morning, Palo. Morning. Yeah, Morning. there we go. So, so now I'm fundo. You know, if they hadn't, sorry, can I just quickly jump in? Yeah, go ahead. If they hadn't, if they hadn't been locked down, I'm going to assume you would have gone home for Easter. Yes. So the idea was to go down for this uh, past Easter weekend. Unfortunately, we are stuck on lockdown. So yeah, that was the plan initially. And is everybody from home messaging you, checking if you're okay, if Joburg hasn't eaten you alive? <laughs> sure, because. Uh, Obviously, like you, we all know that every family have got some sort of like a WhatsApp group or something. So we are in touch with like friends, close family members, and yeah. So we've been like chatting every now and then. So I'm not worried about that, you know. And cool. When you were at home, like what were you guys, did you guys have like family meals? Was Easter a big thing for, for you? And who, who did you live with? I, I think your granny, hey, that you lived with. Yep. Okay. I'm a bit of a loose cannon, you know, because, uh, <laughs> I grew up in a Christian family, uh, but like sometimes during my lifetime, uh, midway, I kind of like uh, slip away from religion. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's just another holiday. But I know that my granny and everyone else will be going to church, you know, stuff like that. But for me, no, I've never been big on Easter. But otherwise, you're, you're all good. Hey, Joburg's treating you well. Oh man, you, you tell the people, are you treating me well? Ah, uh, come on. <laughs> we, we're having a great time. I uh, know, yeah, but it's, it's been great. It's been lovely. Yeah. Do you celebrate uh, Easter? I, t- I certainly do not. Uh, you know, my mother makes me feel guilty every year. She's sending me memes about he has risen and I don't reply. And then she gets angry when I don't reply. So, you know, I respect people celebrating, but I, I don't. How I, dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Uh, maybe my mom should get Greta Thunberg to be saying that to me every year. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Fundo, I absolutely, that, that's very cool, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy and I, I'm, I'm glad that they know you're safe. Yeah, Ben. Uh, yeah, keeping safe and trying to survive another day. But obviously, I'll see, maybe after this whole down thing is over, I'll try and make time to go down and see the family. Yeah. Even though I'm old and I can't be, uh, be able to survive on my own, but at, at some point, I'll definitely need to go down and see everyone and like face to face and stuff like that. So that's on my bucket list after the lockdown. If it's ever got to the point uh, that there is a lockdown, if this is not a doomsday. <laughs> oh, this, is, if this isn't the end, a dystopian end. Oh, well, there we go. The end is now, yeah? Yeah, well, <laughs> there you have it. You see, these guys, uh, these producers, they sit in a studio the whole time. So for them, they're always in lockdown. <laughs> that's Mfundo. So, yeah. I have a question for you, Mbolelo. Go ahead, Dori. Because you're living in the studio, as we know, and Mfundo lives... In a house next to the studio. Indeed. So I assume you're like hanging out a fair amount and um, using his kitchen and all that kind of stuff. Is it like a frat party or are you guys just like really low key behaved? 
<laughs> you know what? It's the opposite. So I'm the most boring man in the world. Like I don't drink. I don't party anymore. Like if I'm not exercising, I'm working. If I'm not working, I'm sleeping. So I'm probably the worst person to have. I'm probably the least entertaining company on earth, I would imagine. And Fundo's a pretty low-key guy. He just He's always like editing something or working or watching like he's into movies. So he's doing his thing. So it's very much a we, we pass by each other at work kind of thing. So we don't really see too much of each other, you know, unless okay. we're at work. Yeah. So because we're still working, right? So, I mean, I see him Monday to Friday and we work different hours. It's not like eight to five. You'll see him at nine o'clock here editing something or whatever. But otherwise, no, no frat party, I'm afraid. Sorry to let you down. Oh, well, so I'm, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to imagine that you answered that very differently because Dory just put in my head visions of 80s sitcoms with odd couples, <laughs> like perfect strangers. And you guys have nothing in common to begin with. You get up to so many hijinks on lockdown. I just so I just imagine that you are having a frat party because as Dory and I often do in our show, we recreate history um, in our own minds. So I imagine that your answer said yes, we are definitely having frat parties. Um, you've split up into two competing fraternities called the Lambda Lambda Lambdas and uh, the, the Kappa Delta Pies, and you're host, hosting competing events. And so Keg that's what parties. I like to imagine: keg parties, parties. toga parties. That's yeah. what I like to imagine. <laughs> wow yeah no so which character am i who's the because i mean you need the you need the face and heel as they say in wwe or the antagonist protagonist who who am i what's in fundo is in fundo the is in fundo the the, the, uh, the out of luck guy who eventually gets the girl and i'm the douchebag or what's going on here you're the corrupter you're definitely the corrupter and fundo yeah. is the sweet innocent one and you're the one who comes in and tries to like sway him from the path. Umfundo's um, cousin Larry and you're Balki Bartokamus. That's that's who the two of you are. <laughs> My gravy. An incredible experience. Thank you, Paolo. You should be in script writing. Oh, funny enough, yes, I should do that for a living, shouldn't I? <laughs> the joke here is that is what I think uh, Paolo is a writer. That is, that, is, that is the inside joke, which is terrible because most people – or do people know that about you, Paolo? Um, I don't know. Not even, my parent, not even my parents know that about me. They know that I once worked with John Robbie and that was enough for them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're still telling people you work with John Robbie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know that. Listen, that, that'll work at church. Um, so, of Guys, course, yeah. Speaking of TV series and imagined futures, oh, take us into it. I watched the most amazing series over the weekend that I, I have to tell everyone about because it's so good. Is it the best series of all time? Is it? Is it? No, if it's not Game of Thrones, I don't want to hear it. I, no, we, we're not going to have this discussion. All right, um, I'm not a Game of Thrones person. All right, go ahead. But it's really one of the best series I've ever watched, and it's six episodes done, and that's the end of it. So it's very short. You can literally do it in a weekend. The series is called Years and Years. Okay. And it's a British series, and it stars Emma Thompson, and I honestly think it's her best role that she's ever had. She's unbelievable in it, and. It's kind of a sci-fi-ish. It's, it's, I, I call it Black Mirror Light because it's got that whole Black Mirror vibe, but it's not quite as dark. There are moments that are quite dark, but it's not like as dark as Black Mirror gets. I don't, and, I don't feel, I don't feel I want to talk Black Mirror. I feel like we're currently living the worst episode of Black Mirror ever, and I'm just waiting for the, the end, and it's not ending. 
Well, here's the thing, right? So this show starts out in 2019 and then follows the extended family and their stories for the next 15 years. So it imagines what the future is going to be. And it brings in politics and the environment and all sorts of things. And, and Emma Thompson's character is definitely kind of based on Trump. She's like the female Trump. And it's really kind of clever the way they do it. And it's so they talk, so they look at, so then first things that happen, um, there's a financial collapse, everybody loses their money. And then there's um, environmental calamities and lots of flooding and um, any, everybody on the coastline loses their homes because of um, the environment. And I'm watching the series and I'm thinking, but where's the pandemic? Where's the pandemic? But then it does not disappoint, guys. Eventually, there is a pandemic. It does happen. So it's actually, I mean, I think the person who wrote it is an absolute genius. They've obviously, first of all, I mean, the actual personal stories are amazing. And you get so involved with the characters. It's an amazing cast. I, I just can't say enough good things about it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Is all I can say. It's not on Netflix, though. You're going to have to find it elsewhere. Emma Thompson is, the, is one of the best things to come out of Britain since Judy Dench. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And she is particularly good in this because she is playing this Trump-like politician. And so you see the persona that she puts out on TV and at the rallies and all that kind of stuff. But then there's a scene where he's behind the scenes and she doesn't have to put the facade up. And she is brutal. And it's like one of the most amazing performances I've ever seen. I, so I think I've used the word amazing 10 times in the last minute. Yeah, no, no. You, have, you, you probably need to expand your vocabulary, but, but that's okay. Barry Ronga didn't have the biggest vocabulary either, and he 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 was my go-to guy for films for a decade. So <laughs> I kind of look at um, I, I saw the like poster of it, and I think she looks a little bit like Katie Tompkins or whatever, or Katie Hopkins. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I kind of I think they've kind of framed her like that wicked witchy yes, look. Definitely, yeah, they definitely put a bit of that in there. Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm enjoying it. So and and of course everybody's watched everything that's in that's on netflix or every channel but um if you guys have any recommendations put them out there so send us a telegram we're on twitter cliffcentral.com and let us know what are you watching what's horrible let us know what's good and bad you know i don't i don't just, I don't just want to know the good stuff tell me what's bad what should i avoid i like i like people that give me brutal honest advice and if you're on the netflix if you're on do we have hulu in south africa I don't think so yet. Some, some people have Hulu. I know some people who have uh, made a plan to get Hulu. Yeah, Apple TV. I, I don't know. So I haven't seen that series. I haven't seen Black Mirror either. I, I need it probably. What? You know, if it's not Game of Thrones, I just if it's not Game of Thrones or football, I don't know. So, so spoiler alert on Black Mirror, right? I'm going to tell you what the first episode's about. <clears throat> that basically the British Prime Minister has to have sex with a pig. Okay, so that's how Black Mirror starts. Wow. That's the tamest episode. Um, <laughs> it's so, so funny because remember there was that whole scandal with David Cameron and the pig, and that came out after Black Mirror. So everyone yeah. was like, oh, my God, Charlie Brooker, the guy who made Black Mirror, he knew the future. He saw into the future. Wow. Well, it's like um, on Family Guy, they had uh, Bruce Jenner as uh, dancing as a woman for the Navy. I don't know if you ever saw that, uh, that part of Family Guy. And that was like 10 years ago. Kind of Simpsons scary, you know? People know. Pe- people in, in Hollywood, they know. They know these little stories. And they yeah. put these little in-jokes. And they know what's, they know what's happening. <clears throat> and then when the rest of us find it out, it's like, oh, he foresaw the future. No, he's just naughty and told secrets. He spoke out of home. That's <laughs> yeah, because people say Matt Gruding's a time traveler. 
you know he he predicted trump in the like late was that 90s yeah that's that's the i mean so so the whole thing is around how often simpsons has predicted the future and even predicted a coronavirus taking over springfield and, and things like that um you know what maybe it's just like when you do so many episodes around so many random things it's inevitable that you are gonna get some right yeah 100 percent. it's like i guess like a fortune teller you know mm. like she'll guess a thousand and get one right or ten thousand and get one right and she's now all of a sudden i don't know the nostradamus no terrible like yeah like horoscopes they only count when like it says something that you like it's so you know ridiculous. so you only remember the, oh my horoscope said this this day never mind you know the hundred other times that you just ignored it but now there's another one horoscopes I, like i'm the bad guy when i point it out when i just like stop it and and people come at me with that and i'm just get out my face with that do they still exist because oh. I mean, i've seen things on facebook right Paul, it's huge. It's still huge. Don't you know there's white girls wearing tight pants doing yoga everywhere who want to tell you about energy? Uh, white girls wearing yoga pants. I uh, just went off into a place there. Um, <laughs> because I thought I haven't seen a horoscope since the You or Hayes Gnut magazine. No. So um, I just weren't, weren't sure where they are. But every now and again, I will see like some distant aunt post a horoscope thing that I should read. What star sign is best for you or something like that? I'll tell you how to look out for it. Um, unwashed hair, an ankle <laughs> bracelet, that, that, that material ankle, ankle bracelet and tight yoga pants and just constantly just talking about energy. Those, those are the people that I have to avoid and they're everywhere. Okay. They're like zombies. Okay. So yeah. Melville's not the place for you. Do not go to Melville if you don't like horoscopes. They are everywhere. O- OMW. What's that? So judgy and Balelo. Oh, well, it is what it is. Tell me I'm wrong. I could never tell you you're wrong because you wouldn't agree with me. Oh, that's also true. <laughs> uh, there, I mean, there was that one time I, I said I was wrong, but then it later came out I was actually right. So I was wrong about that as well. That was one. And, and you just feed off that You just feed off that power, right? Because you go, wow, the one time I thought I was wrong, I was actually right. That like t- I'm invincible. Like you actually get stronger off it like Highlander. My credo is um, it's tough to be humble when you know you're the finest. That's that's what I tell myself every day. <laughs> okay, Kanye, and uh, how did you, Kim, and Kim and the rest of the Kardashians enjoy uh, Easter? <laughs> no, I really, I really don't believe that. I'm, I'm wrong. Do you know what's humbling for me? Is in my family, I'm, I'm the idiot. You know, like I've got um, a chem engineer uh, for for an old man. I've got a mother with multiple uh, doctorates. I've got a sister with uh, who speaks, who studied her entire undergrad stats, um, stats and actual science in Cote d'Ivoire in French. So she speaks French and Spanish. And then she did a master's in France. So I'm the runt of the family in terms of intelligence. So whenever I, whenever I feel like, oh my, you know, I'm the man. That gets, I just think about my family and I'm knocked into, it's very clear what the pecking order is at home. I'm the idiot whenever, whenever everyone's around. So no, there's no room for me to ever think I'm, uh, I'm bigger than I am. Just so you know, just so, just in case people think I, I'm this guy all the time, I am not. <laughs> it is very clear. I got all of the bad genes. My sister got the looks and the brains and uh, my, both my parents, in my opinion, are relatively smart people so yeah i mean you know i've revealed my heart here paulo i'm uh, i'm getting a little teary-eyed i'm i'm, I'm glad i'm glad i bought it out of you <laughs> um this be- just it's just the season isn't it it is the season to 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 be vulnerable so listen something that's happening that i saw um and because i didn't grow up in like a home where 
everyone was around all the time. Both my parents were unbelievably hardworking and were divorced from the time I was six. So I kind of grew up in between like countries and parents. And so I never played things like board games when I was younger. So that they bore me to death. Like board games to me are whenever people want to whip them out, it's like, give me a pillow. I'm going to fall asleep here while you do this. But through this uh, lockdown, I've been seeing these like what online board games. Is that like a real thing or am I, have I gone nuts? And puzzles. Board games and puzzles, it's a thing. Online uh, puzzles. Take yeah. me into it. Yeah. Yeah. Paolo, what's the story? Well, well, Dory, I'm intrigued by online puzzles before I pick up the board games thing. <laughs> so um, on one of my WhatsApp groups, <clears throat> you know, everyone has multiple WhatsApp groups. So we've got one for our area and there's a fair amount of parents on the group and, you know, a lot of people saying, oh, my God, my kids are so bored and everything. And then one person posted this link to this online puzzle thing. I have to say, I didn't click into it. I don't know about it. I know about lots of people doing actual physical puzzles. And one of my friends even posted on Facebook about how there needs to be like a puzzle club, which is like book club, where everybody swaps puzzles. Because once the puzzle's done, I mean, you're done. You're not going to do it again. But then maybe somebody else's kid will want to do it. So you like you know, you just make a plan to somehow swap the puzzles with each other. And, but yeah, but apparently there is this uh, online puzzle thing where you can, I mean, you've seen those games on, on, on a phone, like cell phone games that are those puzzle games. So, so, I mean, like, okay. So not only, I did not wake up on Easter Monday, firstly, <laughs> anticipating that I'm going to hear about online puzzles. Okay. I mean, I, I think I'm pretty tech savvy. I'd not seen online puzzles. Then you introduce the concept of puzzle swaps to me. Now, mm. I don't know if that's a thing or someone's suggestion. That has got to be the mankiest thing I can imagine. It sounds even worse than like swinging. Yeah. Because <laughs> puzzles. So firstly, you know what people are doing while they're building puzzles. Okay. So firstly, they're going to be covered in Cheetos dust and snot and things like that. Then there is no way you're getting a 100% all the pieces in it puzzle. Well, that's what I wrote on my friend's uh, post about it. I said the first rule of Puzzle Club is don't lose any pieces. You, you cannot, unless you're building one of those puzzles for like six years old, six year old, they're made of like eight massive pieces. <laughs> There's no way you're not losing something. No, and the, here's the thing. You, you've nailed it. Is You know how people make those, I don't know, what's a big puzzle, like a thousand pieces? They leave it on the floor. The dog's mm. walking on it. You know, they bare feet. Gross. Who's swapping puzzles? Is it, What are we doing here? Yeah, no, well, no, I, no one's swapping puzzles because it's lockdown. But the idea was if we could, that's what we should be doing. No, we shouldn't. You should nix that idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's idea. chop that. That's, there are no let's bad ideas. In, what's that? <laughs> uh, let's talk board games then. Yeah, yeah. Board games online. Well, what's... <laughs> No, so I mean, it's it's just the general thing of of gaming and online. So I mean, so in in my family, uh, we're a terrible bunch of cheaters. Like all of us, no matter what game you play, we immediately try to identify the quickest way to cheating each other. Okay, so we're banned from playing board games with each other, and there's certain family members won't speak to each other if board games comes around. Um, but um, so there's board games and obviously there's – I didn't know about the online puzzles. You can play a whole bunch of board games online. But then it comes into I'm a gamer, right? So a lot of the games I've had and never really got into because you have these like extended either career modes or really in-depth gaming. 
and uh, you don't normally have the time. So there's a game called Red Dead Redemption 2 specifically. I don't know if you guys have come across this where it's basically you're a cowboy in the Old West, okay? But it is like this real-world expansive thing. And you can decide to either be a cowboy and rob trains and be part of a gang, or you can just wander around in the outback. Where's the outback? Is the outback in Western times? So that's Australia. 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 Different country, different place. Okay. The frontier, the wild frontier. The frontier, yes. So you wander around the frontier, okay, and you've got to find animals. You can skin animals, like very graphically you can skin all these different animals. And you can decide if you want to, like I say, if you want to be achieve something out of your life or if you just want to be a vagrant. So, of course, I decided to be a vagrant, and I wandered around, and my guy died because I didn't shave his beard. Wow, and he got bitten by – he grew a tick in his beard, and <laughs> – he died from that. It's like a so, Tamagotchi in 3G it, or 3D. Except he's a dirty, stinky cowboy. And I, was, and I was very disturbed by it because, you know, this person has now become my avatar to wander the world <laughs> because he can just now wander out and do anything. And normally when I've played, um, normally when I've played, I have uh, um, played like in little increments. So I've not really become attached to him. But, like, he's me now, and he's dead. And I don't quite know how to deal with this. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's, uh, like, I, I guess I should pretend to feel for you because I have, I, I was unfortunately born with this ability to reason and go, oh, I'm living in this real world, and that stuff's happening over there. But okay, well, what if I gave you some fake sympathy? Uh, there, there, Paolo. Uh, is, is that going to work? I'll take it. And, you know, I do accept that it's the Wild West. So, you know, uh, people were tough and they were hardened. So I do accept that. Um, but I will try to revive him again. Um, and maybe this time I'll follow a different career path and go rob a train and see how that ends up. This is what you have to do. You have to find your passion in life. If, if, it's, uh, if it's not dying from a tick bite, it's let it be ra- uh, robbing trains in the, in the wild, wild west. I've always said that. But it's got, it's got me worried that it's prophetic because I haven't shaved for about two weeks. And I, I'm, I wonder if I'm going to get bitten by a tick. <laughs> yeah, you see, do you remember that time uh, 30 seconds ago when I told you between reality and uh, what's happening in the virtual world? Remember that whole thing that we went through? Yes, yes. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I, but, but we can work on that offline, Paolo. But wow, that's incredible. So if you are playing video, uh, sort of that, um, if you are living in that world where you're dying uh, a little bit inside because your character dies and avatar dies online, let me know what you're playing because uh, on a very serious note, I... I'm very intrigued by the gaming world because I don't denounce it like I used to. I think just like I love football, I, I think it, you, you get your clubs, you get your cults and gaming's becoming a sport. You can practice. There are teams, there's choreography, there's, you know, there's big money involved. It's huge competition. So whatever you're playing, guys, hit us up on Telegram, by the way. We don't, so you can't hit us up on WhatsApp, but you can uh, tweet us or hit us up on Telegram 079-748-2090. I really want to know Puzzle swapping, online puzzle swapping, if you're doing that, okay, that's also fine. But if not, let me know uh, what games you're playing, um, because I'd like to get into some stuff. And uh, before we get on to the other side, we got a special guest on. She's so funny. I got to work with her. I met her at an event two years ago. Um, so she's a comedian, radio host, just tremendous all around, just hilarious, hilarious human all around, comedian of the year uh, 2019 um, down in Cape Town, just hilarious, Angel Campy. So please join us on the other side for, for her 
And uh, we're going we're gonna to be letting Paolo go. But Paolo, we're not going to let you go yet. I'm going to read out Adriano's message uh, uh, just before we go to the break. He says, uh, you said my name almost perfectly in Bolelo. He says, you have to say it like a dramatic Italian. So what, do I have to throw my arms up, both arms up? Um, Adriano, he said. Uh, but yeah, I can attest to the pineapple and egg situation. We don't panic by toilet paper in this country, especially poor black people. That's a waste of their minimum wage. I'm in a township. They panic by yeast and pineapples. I can, keep, I can keep up on pineapples and yeast and eggs. I think the eggs is purely from a point of people panic buying foods and now there's a gap in production and they can't keep up. But like a consumer, when you see something is short on your shelves, you want it more than ever. Like I keep telling my customers though, a chicken can only, leg one, can only lay one egg a day. So that's Adriano. And Adriano, I did throw my hands up like, uh, like Pavarotti would when he's uh, doing his... Uh, when the maestro did his thing back in the day. And um, lastly, for those of you that are documentary fans, I was talking about being in the in the Bible Belt. Uh, so you need to watch, uh, this is Dano Swan. He's saying you need to watch A Last Chance You, which I've seen actually, Dano. I absolutely love that docky. If you haven't seen it, it's A Last Chance You. So it's very raw American football documentary series based, based in the middle of nowhere at a community college. All rejects and troublemakers go there. Uh, for one last chance to make it to the NFL. It is wild. It is wild. It's emotional and it's hectic. So that is it for part one. Join us on the, on the other side. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna say goodbye to you, Paolo. Thank you very much for joining us. And I hope the rest of, uh, what might you, might you call it? Do you call it Easter Monday? What, what are you up to for the rest of the day, Paolo? Um, I call it sleeping and <laughs> definitely the, the highlights of the day was, uh, the mention of Barry Ronger. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, yeah, you like that, eh? Apollo, don't let uh, don't let my four out of um, four out of ten face fool you. I've got uh, there, there's there's a noggin. I don't have this big head for nothing. No, I give you a a, a, a sexy six a se- for for that comment. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Barry Wrong. I love Barry Wrong. By the way, Barry, that wasn't a shout at you if you're listening. I absolutely I miss him. Is, is Barry Wrong still around? He is, yeah. Oh, Barry, if you are listening, please tweet us at uh, cliffcentral.com. Otherwise, send us a telegram, uh, 079-748-2090. If you know Barry Ronger, tell him he has a massive fan and I miss him. Uh, I'd love to know if he's still doing work because I used to love his movie reviews. So that for part one is it. We'll see you on the other side. Angel Campy coming up. Online puzzles, huh, Dory? That is unbelievable. I can't believe you do online puzzles. Is it online puzzle swapping? No, I don't do any of it. I'm just saying what other people are doing. Man, I don't... Yeah, I, I'm, I was just trying to wrap my head around it. Like, online puzzle swapping. So, would you do... Do they do puzzles online together? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Wow, what a world. What a what a scary world. But listen, so you um you uh, you've got something for me on uh, that, that happened to you at the shops this weekend. Um yeah. you know something we still get to do is we, we obviously in lockdown those central services we can still go to the shops, uh, especially those of us in the suburbs. We we are fortunate that it's driving walking distance to go to the shops. But you you said you had uh, 
quite a quite an emotional experience at the shops actually maybe you take me take me through that so i have been shopping on weekends only so approximately once a week and as time has moved on from like the beginning of lockdown even the weeks leading up to lockdown you know when everything started changing and everyone was like starting to self-isolate and all that kind of stuff I really could feel a difference in the air, in the vibe between people. And one of the things I love about South Africa is that we are just a naturally friendly nation. And so many times I would go to the shop, almost every single time I would go to the shops, I would start up a conversation with somebody. And the random things, and it's very funny because I noticed the difference when I was uh, in Canada the one year, we were visiting relatives in Canada and my husband and I were in the shop and we noticed these amazing looking tomatoes. And I, and there was a woman standing by the tomatoes and I, I just did what I would ordinarily do at a shop in Joburg. I went, wow, these tomatoes look amazing. And the woman looked as if I had assaulted her. She gave me this horrified look and walked off. And I realized, okay, that's obviously a uniquely South African thing. <laughs> I don't know if it's uniquely South African, but it is a very South African thing to like just talk to strangers in the shops. And I mean, the one time I was in a queue to pay and there was, uh, so it was one of those where there was kind of like, it was two queues, but they were kind of merging into one almost. So you didn't know which queue you were going to be in. And there was a guy and we kind of were standing in the queue together, but then we diverged and we were in the separate queues. And then we kind of made it a race to go, who's going to get there first? And we kept looking at each other and we were laughing and joking with each other to see who was going to get to the till first. And that's just a regular occurrence for me. That's just a normal thing that happens to me. And since this whole coronavirus, isolation, lockdown thing, shopping has not been the same. Nobody's talking. Nobody's looking at each other. People are wearing masks. They're rushing past you. They want to just get in, get their stuff, get out. There's a very weird atmosphere and vibe. And yesterday when I went shopping, I was shopping for my mom and for me, and there was a lot of stuff. And I thought, there's no ways I can do this in one go. So I actually did all her shopping, paid, went and put the stuff in the car, and then went back to do my shopping. And the security guard, because he'd see me, because the thing is the security guard's standing at the entrance and he's spraying everyone's hands with sanitizer as you're going in and out. And obviously he recognized me. He was like, but you've just been here. Why are you back? And I'm like, no. And then I tell him the whole story about I'm shopping for my mother and she's very fussy and I have to like make sure I get everything right. And then I've got to come back and shop for my family. And we struck up a little bit of a conversation and it was just so nice to have that, that interaction that I've been missing. And then when I finished my shop, he, he said, are you coming back? Are you coming back for a third time? And we like joked a bit and I said, no, 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 it's all good. And then when I left, he like waved to me and he said, all good. Are you good? And I'll see you soon. And I said, yes. And I walked off from the shop and I literally started crying. Wow. Because I was like, oh my God, I've really missed that, you know? Wow. That is, that, that's incredible. You know, I think that's something we don't give ourselves as credit uh, as South Africans. And, and this doesn't, this transcends skin color, right? Oh, is, totally, yeah. I truly believe we have something and it's genuine philosophy and it's not conscious. It's Ubuntu. It, it, that's a real philosophy, but it's so deep inside of us that we don't know it as South Africans. What you have to do is you have to go and live overseas. And if you're a South African that's living overseas or has lived overseas, tell me if I'm right or not. So send me a telegram, 079-748-2090, or send me a tweet about the difference between living overseas. So in your European and American states or, or wherever, Canada, wherever you may live overseas, I think there is that sort of 
it's unspoken. It's it's a it's a je ne sais quoi type of feel where I call it Ubuntu, just that nature of South Africans. You know, I have European friends that come here, and they are shocked when they see uh, people that serve at the shops that that's, that uh, are wait waitrons uh, laughing and joking at work. They're shocked by that. You know, the, the like, yeah. and I think it's it's so deep inside of us as South Africans that that it's imbibed in us early that I I I, I can't think of any other way but Ubuntu to call it. And I think you're missing just Ubuntu. You know, the yeah. the, the 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 ability to to see a human soul walking by me. Just to you, you know, all of us just want to be acknowledged on a human level, whether I'm rich or poor. Just see me as a human being is what. I, maybe I'm speaking for myself. I don't know how everyone goes, but. I just want somebody to see me as a human soul, you know. Don't worry about how rich or poor I am. And I, I think maybe that's what you're missing. And as South Africans, we that's in our fabric. And I, I think we, we really underestimate how important that is. And if you've lived overseas, I think you've experienced this dichotomy. And if you if you have any uh, foreigners that are friends, is you know how many foreigners come to South Africa on a six-month exchange program and then they stay? Because there's something that's not tangible that they can feel in our people. And I think that's that's what you may be missing. Yeah, I mean, I remember because I'm on a few parenting groups on Facebook and there's one that I'm on that is 90% Americans. And one of the discussion points one day was, oh, where should we go? We can we can travel overseas anywhere in the world with my husband's job and we really want to go somewhere unique and unusual. And one of the comments on that post was, oh, you have to go to South Africa. I had the most amazing experience there. And they were talking about how they were in Cape Town and they had a young child and the child started screaming in a restaurant and they immediately started panicking and trying to keep the child quiet because in America, that's just what you do. You're like, you oh, know, you've got to keep the child quiet. And they said that, like, you know, the people in the restaurant came over and helped and said, don't worry, this is what children do. And they said they've never experienced that anywhere else in the world. Yeah, they, they, you know, to, speaking of South Africans and greatness, our, our guest is somebody who I, <laughs> I think she's hilarious. You know, I met her for the first time. I, I'll be honest, I didn't know who she was when I met her. So I have to be, I have to completely be honest. And we, we emceed and uh, commentated at, um, at the Cape Town Cycle Tour together. And it was, it was, I was like, who is this person? She is so funny. And, you know, speaking of great South Africans, and she had this viral tweet. This tweet went viral a couple of weeks ago. And I thought, this is what it is to be, you know, I, I don't use the term rainbow nation, but this is what it is to be South African. And this tweet went, um, and we're speaking about lockdown and the coronavirus and the pandemic we're in, right? And this tweet read, when this is all over, take your holiday inside South Africa. Be a tourist in your city. Buy from small South African businesses. Go to local theater, local comedy, small restaurants. Support local like never before. We will all need it. You know, when you hear something like that from somebody and you just think to yourself, my God, there is no ways if I live 10 lives, I could have articulated so beautifully. So that message came from the hilarious com- comedian of the year last year, radio host, multi-talented writer, uh, political satirist, uh, Angel Campy. And Angel, how, Angel, how are you doing this morning? Uh, thank you. Thank you for that very warm introduction. I'm very good. I'm spooning with my dog and I'm still in bed. So good morning. <laughs> what kind of dog you got? It's a golden retriever. Oh, they're massive though. How big's your bed? I'm big enough for two people. Now one person and one dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. Angel Campy. Man, Angel, it was, it was such a pleasure to get to work with you. And it's a pity I've moved up back up to Joburg now, but you know, I'm sure I hope, I hope we'll get to do work again together. Um, number one, how's lockdown been treating you? Well, 
Lockdown is uh, much of the same for me, uh, unfortunately, because um, of being on radio. I do have to leave the house every day and go into the studio. And I say unfortunately because everybody is going through this new profound um, sort of self-reflective moment, but I am still just going to work, so I don't get to feel that um, as much. Obviously, weekends and things, I'm staying home, but... Um, it is, it is a, a beautiful time to witness, obviously, on social media. We get to witness each other all going through different um, mental battles with what this all represents. But, yeah, lockdown for me is uh, much of a muchness. I, I miss restaurants, but other than that, my life is pretty much the same. <laughs> I saw one of your Instagram posts where you, you said you, uh, you were missing, uh, uh, what's it, takeaway food. And I thought that was hilarious. It's a super funny yeah. post. What's the first thing you're going to do? Just mentioned it. Yeah. Tell me, what's the first thing you're going to do when you leave lockdown? The first thing, um, I don't know. I haven't even thought it through, but I do think it probably should involve some kind of takeout. Although that goes against my tweet that went viral because all the takeout chains are international. We'll have to, we'll have to find a local, a local restaurant that I could go to. Yeah. But although at this race, I think the first thing we'll all be doing is <laughs> going to the bars. <laughs> <laughs> the way this alcohol ban is starting to get to South Africans. But um I planned ahead so I'm okay for now. Um but yeah, I don't know. I, I actually haven't even thought I haven't thought through to the end because I, I do think that it most likely will get extended again. So I'm trying to just keep sane and just take a day at a time rather than think about when it's over because that's when you, you start to get anxious, I think. And is it like, did you have a different routine after the show? So Angel works on the drive show, uh, award nominated, of course. SA, uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. Award nominated uh, drive show. Yeah. Um, so did you have a different routine? Do you have a, like a different routine now? Has your, has your life's routine changed? Um, well, obviously, I'm also a stand-up comedian. So usually I would leave um, on air and get out of the station by about six or seven uh, and then go eat and then go straight to uh, comedy. So that routine has completely stopped, of course, because comedy stopped a few weeks before lockdown even when we all started self-quarantining. So I really, really miss stand-up because that was my, my soul and my primary income, actually. But uh, other than doing comedy late at night, yeah, that I mean, that's just uh, then I'm still writing in the mornings for the TV satire shows, but comedy is completely gone. And it's like a weird, hollow feeling. Um, and I think all the comedians can, can attest to it uh, that you just it's just like a, my limb is missing right now. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's all. My routine has changed in the fact that I no longer, I can't work from home with comedy. Although Shame Savannah is trying to do some virtual online stuff with us, but um, that's that's the main thing. Talk to me about the virtual online uh, comedy uh, comedy club. What's uh, what's the vibe there? Well, they they obviously know that the comics are, uh, are mostly reliant on live performances, so they I don't know they might they've got a big budget. I'll say that much. Um, I think they must be using one of their advertising budgets, and they've reached out to all of us. They made us do little audition tapes just to keep it authentic. Um, and I don't know exactly the details yet because they're doing it over the course of lockdown. They have officially uh, mailed me a contract and everything. 
and it's going to be virtual comedy club. They've launched the first one, if I stand to be corrected, but I think they had Coconut Culls, Lissetti and um, Nick Rabinovitz in that one. And then they're, they're paying us pretty well considering what we're doing, but they're literally doing it as a as a olive branch of survival for the comics, which is really, really nice because Savannah's always very involved with live comedy. So this is their way of trying to keep the industry alive, which is, it's going to be interesting when it's online though, because to perform for the only fan will be my ceiling fan, you know, and then you, you do a joke. There you go. He's making a laugh, but that's not going to happen if you're doing online comedy and you don't know if people are going with you. There's just all these invisible eyes on you. It's, it's going to be an interesting, but it's the new era. I don't think we're going to be returning to normal after all of this internationally. So we've all got to adapt. So, so do you, do you think something like this might become the norm? I mean, it, it might take a while to fill up. Uh, public spaces like comedy clubs and uh, exactly yeah i mean i don't think any comic wants it to be the norm but as you say people aren't going to be very comfortable in groups for a long time after this i mean me included so and and comedy clubs are the grossest places you can be really it's the cesspit of reality and and (laughs) comics are are sharing microphones that everyone's spitting into i mean we're probably all going to have to start getting arriving with our own mics or like little mic covers or something. There's just all sorts of things that you just took for granted before this pandemic that now you realize how much unhygienic swapping of fluids was happening everywhere. And I think as a planet, we're going to be very vigilant about that moving forward. Yeah, no, I I think, uh, I think that's such a, it's such a great point, you know, but luckily, I mean, for, for you, you're somebody with a, a few sort of arrows. Uh, you don't just have that one. You're not a one trick pony. And y- your, your show on Smile FM, uh, is three to six. So it's the drive show. Um, yes. and, uh, maybe you can talk us through the award nomination, how you're feeling about that, who you do it with. Um, and, and just before you get to that is it's, it's always been fascinating to me having met you. And then I did listen to a few kind of shows. Is kind of shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, or should I have said I kind of listened to the shows? Yeah, uh, they were, were kind of like radio, but it was a mix. No, <laughs> listen, uh, uh, English is my third language, so you're going to have to yeah, forgive fair me. Enough. Yeah, <laughs> <Flex> that. <laughs> so you know what I found incredible was your ability to having met you is your and listen to your comedy, of course, which I love. Is that your comedy is so edgy, right? It's like brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And, uh, you know, you write brilliant satire. And I just, I, I love the, that nature of you, but you're able to go to somewhere like Smile where it's, you know, very family friendly and you're, you're able to wear both hats. That's not a very easy thing to do. So, I mean, I, I don't know how you managed to do that, but t- talk us through your award nomination and, and your ability to wear two hats like that as a performer. Well, I, I guess. The performer part is what you're nailing, and I don't even really think about putting two hats on. I I liken it to when you have tea with your grandmother, you're going to tell her a story. You'll tell her exactly the same story, but you'll leave out elements or you'll focus on different parts <laughs> than when you tell your homies. You're not going to be like, yo, man, and then this dude, you'll be like, yeah, man, and then this gentleman approached me, and, and I was affronted, and you'd be like, yo, man, and I was pissed off with your friends. <laughs> So you, you're just going to shift into a gear of like, now I'm speaking to like, I don't know, 200,000 people and this is what they expect because Smile is like a, a more family, upbeat um, 
sort of stature now. Slogan is amplifying the good news in the mother city, although mm, mm. drop that at the moment. <laughs> yeah, lock that down. We're officially your isolation station right now. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> it's called pivoting. <laughs> yes, we've pivoted, and I, and I do think that our new station manager Naveen Singh is very innovative like that. Um, but I don't know. It's just. I got offered to stand in on Smile once when I was a comic and um, I was standing in for Bailey Schneider's maternity leave and I was very overwhelmed and I was very much like, but I'm a dark, edgy comic, how am I going to adapt? And I just sort of was very polite and then they invited me back a year later to stand in again and by that time I was a little bit more confident. So my co-host Maurice Carpidi is, every time we meet people in pairs, people wag their fingers at me and say, you're so mean to him. <laughs> because when I got more comfortable, he would make a cheesy joke. And before I used to politely laugh and, like, bah, 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 and then I started being like, no, stop it. Respect yourself. Don't speak like that. That's not funny. And then he would laugh at me being angry at him thinking he's funny. And the listener is having a good time. <laughs> and uh, it just sort of evolved to that. So I can still authentically be myself. Um, just the, you know, the grandmother-friendly version. But at the same time, I, I still get to be quite sarcastic and facetious. And the listeners have started trusting me <laughs> to be that way. Um, but yeah, and then we got this radio nomination. And the day pretty much that everything closed down for lockdown they announced their noms so it's all just been a blur and it's it's i think they're announcing the winners on friday uh but i honestly don't think we're gonna win i mean it's such an honor to be acknowledged as such a small station because there's only five nominees nationally so it is quite it's quite a coup it's quite surreal that's all i'll say about that i don't i don't really know i i'm new in radio i don't even know how to process that uh, to be honest i'm not too shocked i think uh, you've already shown me that just the ability to play the two not many people have been able to be uh, what what you might know as heel and face or antagonist protagonist because i i really i admire your ability to swing between the two for you it, you see for you it seems easy but i i look at it and i go wow that's amazing so i'm not surprised that you, you guys have been nominated and tell me something obviously in lockdown now you do you still uh, so a friend of the show is Siv and Gacy. I know you guys are very close. Uh, I know you were room, roommates yes. at a stage. Um, do you yeah, still live for together? Nine years. <laughs> no, I've moved out, um, which is actually the best thing ever because if it was locked down, Siv and I, our place is small and it worked for nine years because we were never home at the same time because both our, our schedules are so crazy. Sure. And if we were both in that flat right now, it will, my bed's still there and half my stuff is still there. So I'm I'm moving out slowly. I moved into a little place in Woodstock with a little garden and, and a dog. So um, I, I just figured I was in my late 30s. It was, it was time to be a grown-up. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, Siv is still there. He's only like, I mean, five, four blocks away pretty much. It's, it's not that far apart. But uh, now with lockdown, we haven't <laughs> obviously seen each other. Although just before lockdown, he was asking me, are you coming to get your, your mixer? And I was like, oh, is it taking up space in the kitchen? Do you want me to come get it? And he was like, no, I plan on baking. Please don't take it. <laughs> so all of his baking photos you're seeing are my baking tools. I'll just put that out there. So he should really be giving you credit. <laughs> so if, you, if you're listening, you should be giving <laughs> give credit where it's due. You know, it's because uh, he's turned the, the lounge into like a gym from what I've seen. You, you would have been living yes, in a gym with exactly. Siv. 
Well, yeah, I would literally be living in a gym. Shame, he was saying to me, don't you want to come get your stuff so I can turn your room into the gym? And I was trying to get everything out, but good Lord, I have too many clothes. And um, then and then I was like, oh, I'm not going to have time before lockdown. And then he said, no, it's fine because your room's not big enough. And then I see what he's done to the lounge. So, yeah. <laughs> Man, but Angel. Yes, no, Siv has been incredibly instrumental in my career from the very beginning. I started comedy a month after I moved in with him. And because of him and the rest has just been a big snowball so yeah he, he's he's a good one that one he's he is something else angel it is so i, I want to thank you so much for taking the time this morning you and your golden retriever <laughs> what, what's your what's your dog's name jake. jake oh jake you and jake uh i want to i want to thank you for joining us this morning uh, <laughs> uh how old's jake by the way five his birthday oh same as mine it was just my birthday on friday prime years you're both get, coming into your prime at the same time <laughs> you don't even know how old i am but i'll take it <laughs> yeah <laughs> no angel i can i can only wish you the best before i let you go where can people follow you and uh i mean we've got the virtual club coming up how, how do people watch the virtual club and then you can let us know where to follow you and and all that well i think the virtual club the best way is just check out savannah's socials okay. because um they've told me to just share their um at the moment um, I think they, they are releasing different things every day they're doing live game shows with comedians they, they're working with 96 different comics um, which means they're helping 96 comics financially which is really really nice it's amazing Savannah. Um, and then yeah our socials I'm Angel Campy it's literally the only person on Google with that name so <laughs> uh, I have Google alerts I know these things <laughs> um, so Angel is the normal spelling, and then Campy is C-A-M-P-E-Y. That's Angel Campy on Instagram. And on Twitter, I'm, yes, really, Angel, because really it is my name. That's the, the most common question people with names like Angel who are white get. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, oh, she's white. <laughs> oh, yeah, do you get that? Yeah, yeah, Angel. Yeah. I'm surprised. <laughs> Not what I was visualizing. Anyway, all right. Thank you so much, and keep keep the essential services alive in Bulela. Are you in a studio, or is that just a fancy backdrop? No, no, no. Um, I am in a studio, and oh. I'm I'm actually living in the studio. So I'm I'm oh, okay. we committed to the cause here at Cliff Central. We're going to be essential through and through. Okay. Are we going to see essential shower time and stuff coming up? I think it'll transition to that once we run out of content. Then we're going to, obviously, you, you know, you, you always go to the low-hanging fruit. But I'd hate for me and uh, this horrendous body to be what people have to see. So we'll probably have to find some uh, some of the better-looking people around. Well, you know, <laughs> never nudes or so fair. All right. Well, thank you so much uh, for chatting. Uh, Angel, you're awesome. Uh, be well and, and uh, onwards and upwards. Thank you. Thank you very much. Peace. Bye, everybody. Bye, Dory. Bye. Angel Campy, so good. She's so good. So you know, it's so funny because when she was talking about doing like online comedy, a friend of mine was posting on Facebook yesterday saying his favorite thing now is watching the awkwardness of all the the, the late night hosts in America are doing their stuff from home or from wherever they are, and there's no audience laughter, so it's a little bit awkward and a little bit dead and a little bit sterile. And, you know, that's, and someone even said, yeah, it's, it's almost like Trevor Noah sometimes is waiting for the laughing in his head to subside before he carries on speaking. So I think that it must be really difficult for comedians to do stuff with no interaction from an audience. I think that would be a challenge of note. 
Yeah, I can only imagine that. I mean, why don't they just fill it in with laughter? Like, uh, surely they. I said bring back canned laughter. I mean, we would be happy to get rid of it. It was a very 80s phenomenon, the whole canned laughter thing. But right now, I think we need it. Yeah, no, it's, it, to me, especially for shows like that, whether, I mean, they're not for me, but if you enjoy them, that's a big part of it, right? It's, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a whole psychoanalytical thing for what canned laughter was for. I don't want to bore people with that, but bring it back. Otherwise it's, yeah. And also it'll comfort Trevor, like you're saying, but hey, I'm not Trevor. No, maybe he doesn't want. It. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on But your Angel's, Angel's yeah. great So ch- check her out And I hope she wins that award Because she's actually super, super nice When she really doesn't have to be You know, she's done really well And uh, yeah, no, no, very, very cool So another thing that's important for me um, In terms of entertainment, right? So I love comedy, yeah. of course um, I'm, I'm, So my guy is George Carlin So if you are on yeah. the interwebs 0797482090 Let me know what, what do you like as comedy? What do you like as entertainment? Because not all of us are into comedy, right? Some people like action. Some people like drama. Some people like serious, uh, I don't know, TED Talks, you know, you know, documentaries. So I like comedy and I like sport. Those are the two things. Uh, I don't watch so much stand-up, but I'll watch series, for instance. So, and, and I do like the classics. Like George Carlin's my guy. He's, he's the ultimate for me. I haven't seen anything like him ever. Oh, he's amazing. I love him. But I also love, I, I kind of like the dark, the dark ones, the ones that you don't know whether you're supposed to laugh or not because it's so unbelievably offensive. So I love a guy named Doug Stanhope uh-huh. who, uh, yeah, he's, uh, it's, it's pretty harsh. People walk out of his gigs and as they're walking out, it's like he's attacking them as they're walking out. It's really funny to watch some of those live shows. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's interesting how that's become a thing, right? Is people's sensitivities are such a thing it's a it must be a hard time to be a comedian like i've heard so many comedians can't go to universities anymore academia has become a place where any sort of edge is out which is oh yeah which is quite interesting you know when you look at um historically if you look at the role of a jester now um i know people have dismissed jesters but actually if you really look at the role of a jester it was it wasn't just for the royalty to laugh the jester also was to let, uh, kind of the satire that the jester would do is to also let the royalty know what the people think of, of the royalty. So, yeah. you, you know, the, the comedy has a special place in our society to, to let both sides know what's happening, both the society to satirize people who take themselves far too seriously, whether they're politicians, businessmen, sports people. And then the other way is to let those people know what the society think of them. So comedy's got, comedy's magical, man. I think it's, it's, it's the greatest thing ever. And I, I don't think there's ever been a better sort of execution of it than Blackadder for me to, to sort of disseminate information about very, very dark subjects. I mean, we're talking about dark ages, WW2, uh, you, you know, these, these very, very dark times. Um, but just the satire and how they puncture the, the ridiculous nature of those times versus now and, you know what how how war is 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 a terrible affliction of of man and we you know i just i think comedy is a a fantastic way to puncture serious topics yeah no and i mean like you mentioned black adder rowan atkinson is an absolute genius because he's always playing the fool right he's always got that whole i mean mr bean type persona but underneath it all he is an absolute genius and very sharp yeah, he's Oxford or, or, or Cambridge, I think. Um, I can't remember where he graduates from, but yeah, I oh know he's, he's, he's top end, right? And we've got another special guest, uh, joining us now. 
he is um how I would describe him is or how I describe I'm fortunate enough to get to uh work work with him. I'm not sure he'd say the same about me, but you know, I view him as a sound guru. You know, I, there's whenever he makes these comments in the office about how something sounds, I'm just like, what are you talking about? I, I couldn't hear that. And then he makes me listen to it again. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's no ways I would have heard that. So for me, a sound, an absolute sound guru, but also something he loves is cars. Now, I don't know if he likes big engines or just high quality performance vehicles. I'm talking, of course, about my guy, Spike Ballantyne. Spike, how you doing? Ooh. Spike, I think you might be silenced there. Yeah, we'll get Spike back in a bit. Uh, Spike, you can just jump in when uh, the audio comes in there. Um, but yeah, yeah. So Spike, somebody who's been a, a massive influence on me as soon as um, having come to Cliff Central, he's been he's been absolutely awesome. We'll we'll do a little bit of talking. But sorry, I wanted to me say too. me too. I want to talk about Spike's influence on me too because I used to edit audio in my way, and then Spike came and showed me that I was doing everything completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a genius. He, I, I, yeah. I'm I'm willing to say he's. He's the best. He may, he may very be well be one of the best in Africa, but he is single-handedly, and I feel nothing, no shame in saying he's the number one sound guy in this country, and we are so fortunate to have his – because he's not, he's not somebody working with sound. He's a craftsman. He's somebody yeah. at, who truly understands the idiosyncrasy right down from sort of the granular level right to the macro level. He's, he's quite brilliant. So we'll chat to Spike on the other side, and there's, I've never met a guy who knows cars like Spike Ballantyne. I've just never met somebody like it, like him in that sense. Spike, are you back with us? Spike? No. Oh, they, no. Still don't have him. Oh, damn it! Oh no, there you are. No, uh, no, yeah, don't, no. don't despair. Don't despair. Technology has Thank never let us. Thank up. the Lord. Yeah, you know, technology is a wonderful thing when it works. If it doesn't. <laughs> it just wants to make punch something. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, that's uh, oh no, we're very good. How are you, Spike? Yeah, good, thank you. So, Spike, um, something that I he he's um, we we're just talking about sound, and uh, you know, I was going to get into this last, but you know, Spike, you always talk about something which I find so interesting. So, like I said to you, folks, you're Spike, lying. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually lying, just <laughs> trying to get brownie points so that he'll edit yeah. everything for me. But you always speak of something called the theater of the mind, and it's not a concept I've heard too much until I really uh, got into these in between these walls. And if you haven't yeah. listened to one of our podcasts available uh, called Gincast, was the first time I'd really had somebody kind of take me on this journey personally, and I didn't need anyone to explain it to me. I I really created this theater in my mind. So th- that term, when we talk about it, Spike, in, in your mind, what is it that you you're hearing and what you're looking to to bring to me as a listener? Oh, it's pretty simple. I mean, theater of the mind is not a new thing at all. It's a, it's a very oldie-worldy radio thing, theater of the mind. And the idea is just to, to use sound to build a picture. So, you know, there's, there's a, a lot of argument that says that audio is a much more powerful um, kickstarter of the imagination than video, for example. So what you do with audio is you just try, as you say, create that picture. Whatever you're trying to do, use sound to activate whoever's listening you know, activate their imagination and make them imagine the scene for themselves. Because the theory is that if you, if people are imagining the scene while you're telling the story, if they're imagining it in their heads, it makes it land much better than if you're just handing them everything like you are in, in video, for example. It's picture, it's audio, it's you know, a lot of the a lot of the the emotion that's associated with that story is delivered via those two things. 
Whereas audio, you've only got sound. So if you can make people imagine things for themselves while listening, uh, it makes the story land a bit better. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's something I've I've definitely learned from your side. And tell me, how's lockdown been for you? By the way, let's start. Uh, let's go back to that. It's it's been it's been fine actually. It's um, I, I, we're in a very lucky position at Cliff Central where you know we we've been very busy. So I've been passing most of the time by working. Actually, it hasn't slowed down at all from that point of view. Mm. Um, I thought I might get a little bit. Um, cabin fevery after this amount of time but actually i've been good I've, I've left the house twice i think to go shopping um and and really it's been it's been really fine so so far so good um but i also think psychologically i was preparing for three weeks so we'll see how this this next three weeks goes and are you a creature of habit do you like routine or how do you yeah, i mean yeah, we, you've got work uh so yeah how's that working for you yeah, it's that. That's the one thing I know. Everyone says, "Oh, you should keep a routine," and you know that's that's an important thing in these times. And, and yes, it is. I mean, I, I, I've I've kept the same routine. I've maybe yeah, gone to bed a bit later and woken a bit later, but you know, I'm probably sleeping an hour a day longer than I, than I would normally. But the routine is still very much there. You know, wake up at the same time and and go through the day like that. So I spend. Pretty much all of my day at my home studio, working uh, on Cliff Central stuff, and then you know carrying on the rest of the day as per normal, like I would have. And do, do uh, like it's Easter Monday, right? Do 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 you do any Easter traditions? Do you do hot cross buns, eggs, or like well, what do you do? Because people do do um, it differently, right? No, the, this year was quite interesting because uh, my girlfriend is a is a baker, and she's a, a baker of gluten. Free and uh, vegan friendly things, and she baked some gluten free uh, Easter Chelsea buns. Wow! So we had hot cross Chelsea buns that were <laughs> vegan friendly and gluten free, and I tell you they were awesome. So it's the, it was it was a bit of a different Easter for me. There was no milk chocolate. There was no uh, there was no Easter eggs. But uh, what we did have was amazing. In fact. Oh, that's awesome that you you it get to be amazing. It's I have to say, it. I mean, like that really sounds delicious. Like I wasn't hungry, but now I'm hungry. Yeah. Yeah, so if you do want to swap, it's like if you want to swap and come live at the studio while I have come in. Yeah, look, um, I would, I would, I would offer to bring you guys some, but you know, sorry. No, no, you're a man of the law. I'd, I'd hate to um, lead you down this. <laughs> Let's just say lockdown will end eventually. Yeah, it will. Yeah. But now you've done yourself no favors. Now we know uh, that you're capable of. Lockdown will have eventually. No, go ahead. Oh yeah, no, not me, not me. But I do have a supplier. So, but the other thing is that uh, lockdown will end eventually, and when it does, I'm most likely going to be eight to ten kilograms heavier. <laughs> we'll have to get you on Dory's workout routine. Dory's been like military on herself. <laughs> oh yeah. Got it, you got it, man. Oh, really? Yeah. No, no, Dottie's been, she's been on it. I mean, her and I are constantly yeah. on the, on the airwaves kind of WhatsApping and she's letting me know what's happening. I'm letting her know what I'm up to. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's good to have a motivator. So, Go ahead. Dottie, what are you doing? Are you doing laps around the garden? Because I know, uh, MKT, you, um, Bolello, you're doing steps, right? You're running up and down the stairs of the office. Dottie, yeah. What are you doing? I am using an exercise app that, works out a routine for you and you basically set how how long you want to exercise yeah. for which parts of the body you want to exercise and it creates a workout for you 
and it's got little instruction videos as you go and you basically exercise along with the app and it's cool because some days i'm like oh i feel like doing like you know half an hour and um i'll set a longer one and other days i'm like oh my god i'm so tired but i just need to do something and they literally have even two to three minute workouts on it so you can it just it's very customizable and okay. yeah, motivating because ordinarily during normal times i would go to gym approximately three to four times a week i'd go to gym but with this because it's there and also you're like kind of yeah. confined i'm doing something every day whether it's five minutes of yoga or you know 10 minutes on the on the exercise app i'm doing something every day basically yeah, oh, that's awesome. That's what, that's what you, you, you gotta keep knocking it out. So yeah. if people are exercising, 079-748-2090 is our telegram line. So send us a telegram or uh, tweet us. What are you up to for exercise? Because that's an important thing. You know, South Africa is an active country. We, we have 300 days of sun every year. You know, we produce some of the world's greatest athletes because of that. We can run, hike, swim, surf. All year. So let me know what you, you guys are up to. How are you tweaking it? I mean, we're seeing all these celebrities who have these beautiful houses, but some of us, it's got to be just push-ups and sit-ups or yoga or whatever. Let, let us know. 079-748-2090 on Telegram. Otherwise on the Twitter machine. So Spike, another thing that I've seen, I've picked up that you absolutely love is the motor vehicles, right? Like mm-hmm. you are, you, so uh, I don't know how to call it respectfully. Are you in the motor, motor, media industry as well <laughs> what is the correct way to say it without stepping on toes yeah the, yeah the, that 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 term motoring journalism or motoring journalist has got such a negative tinge to it so <laughs> <laughs> i um i kind of i must be honest when people say oh yeah so you're a motoring journalist i kind of my first thing is go all defensive and go no i'm not a motoring journalist but um yeah i suppose when it comes down to it i am a motoring journalist because uh, i test drive cars and i review cars and so that's what motoring journalists do i guess so yeah that's um that's also been keeping me busy yeah yeah um yeah that's been keeping me busy because uh, i managed to record quite a lot of content for my podcast before lockdown and i was going to use some of this time to kind of catch up and and produce episodes more regularly but because of the workload we've had that just hasn't happened but i am getting around to it uh, this week to produce uh, some new episodes and uh, th- that podcast eat, eat sleep drive repeat where, where can we get a hold of it because i've listened to a few episodes and even as a luddite about cars i haven't had a car since i was 20 i want to say 22 was the last time i, I owned a vehicle um right. so but i love it because you're not just kind of just grinding me down with a meathead talk i like it there's it's it's properly it's properly edited as well like you can hear the difference and i, I like it so so uh, eat sleep drive oh, repeat where, where can we get it that's basically everywhere it's on uh, it's on google Podcasts, on apple podcast uh it's on spotify and it's on a few of the smaller platforms as well but it's uh, i try to aggregate it wherever i can wherever wherever people get their podcasts eh? mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and so you were telling me because you know, Spike, every time, because Spike's quite an introverted guy, actually. So every time something comes up, you'll be so shocked that he's into it. Like, he's a historical, <laughs> like, he's, we'll be speaking about history because Gareth is into history. Gareth will pop in with his, you know, Gareth is always being professorial. Spike will pop in with his thing. I'm like, wait a minute. Where, where did that come from? And now I understand that, that we were talking about board games in the first half, the online board games. Talk, talk to me yeah, about yeah. that. Uh, is that something you're into? Yeah, so, I mean, Paolo was talking about online gaming, uh, Red Dead Redemption, which is, uh, I've, I haven't played it, but I've seen it, and it looks like an incredible game. But I'm more of a board game geek, so, like, the real nerdy, 
uh, proper strategy games. So we're not talking like Monopoly and Risk. Uh, there's a whole, and I didn't know about this until until about three years ago when a friend of mine introduced me to them. There's a whole sort of geek gaming subculture where you play strategy games, board games that are they're intense. I mean, they are complex and they are just uh, they're, they're a little bit difficult to learn some of them, but once you get into it, it's it's really really it's a, it's a great way to spend an hour and a half. Um, there's a game called that I'm playing at the moment called Catan, which is a kind of the, I guess the entry level version of, of these board games. But there's there are literally hundreds of them, um, and there's an online platform that you can that you can join, and they have digital versions or online versions of all these board games. And yeah, we you, we play online as a group of friends. Um, we play uh, online while house while chatting to each other in house party at the same time. So it's kind of uh, it's it's kind of a virtual board game party. Catan, huh? Catan, yeah. And it's all about all these games are themed. So you know, there's there, there are a lot of them are sort of medieval. Some of them are sci-fi. Some of them are kind of detective games. Uh, there's a couple of Wild West ones. So yeah, there's 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 as I say, literally hundreds of them. Wow. Okay. Well, you see, again, you're introducing. I had no idea you were into that. Like I would have just thought. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you think you, you know a guy. <laughs> Next thing, Spike's going to come out and he's like an Olympic diver as well. You know, that's just going to pop out of nowhere. Yeah, there's there's no there's there's little to no chance to me being an Olympic anything, other than <laughs> other than spectator. So but even that's a stretch. You know, it's something I we 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 always have like kind of fever pitched conversations here in the office about music. Now this is something everybody loves. So I want to ask the two of you something. Because this is something I really, really struggle with is keeping up with new music, right? Now, you're a sound guy, Spike, and another thing he knows, just music galore. The guy knows music. It's ridiculous. Him and Doria, they'll go off about bands and they know the lead singer and the drummer. And I'm like, wow, okay, I thought I knew music, but okay. You know, how do people keep up with new music now? Because we work in the podcast industry. We love podcasts, so we're online. And it's kind of difficult because big music still hasn't really found a way to kind of be available for your strictly digital consumer other than your Spotify's. But that's still kind of, you know, I have to go and find the music. And I don't know when my, when my favorite band brings out new music or who am I? Their grandmother. No, I'm not. But how do people now, if you don't listen to radio, how do you guys keep up with new music? And I'd love to know from everyone out there, how do you keep up with new music? Do you, I mean, how do you, how do you follow new music? Dory, did, do you have a plan if your your favorite band has a new song? I, I, I get by with a little help from my friends in Bolelo. Really? <laughs> yeah, no, um, I'm very out of touch with new music. And That's I don't not new music, Dory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dory, the, by the way, 90s is not new music because for those who don't know, Dory's, Dory actually still lives in 1987. 85. Eight, okay. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <clears throat> no, so... I make a, a concerted effort every year to, to, to find what I call my song of the year. And usually there's more than one. Okay. And the way I do this is um, I have a few friends who are up to date with music. And I usually message them and go, hey, what's the, what's, what are you listening to? What's cool? And I have one friend who lives in London. And she unprompted will send me stuff all the time. She'll say, hey, check out this cool tune. You'll like it. And she's very funny because she'll mostly send me stuff and go, it sounds a little bit 80s, so you might like it. So she sucks you in. She's the same age as me, and you know we've known each other since university days, so we have similar tastes. Who knows what I like? Um, but I do. So when I'm looking, I'll 
at some point in the year, I'm like, okay, I, what is what is out there? I'll go into Google and I'll just type best songs of whatever year it is. And now I would type best songs of 2020. And I will listen through them and I will hate 98% of them. But once in a while, I will find uh, something that I love. And quite, it's quite funny because at the moment, I'm really loving uh, Blinding Light by The Weeknd, which is very poppy. And I know you're not into that kind of thing, Bolelo. <clears throat> it's not my usual style at all, but I love it because it sounds very 80s. And that's just how it is. But yeah, I'm a, it's my thing. What can I say? Dory, we... you introduced me. Well, no, you didn't introduce me. I discovered this band, and then you said you knew them as well. I discovered this band. Um, I think how did I find them online as well? Uh, Tame Impala. And yeah. I was like, oh my god, I've just discovered this really cool band, and you like look, you gave me that look. You're like, oh, I've seen them live like twice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like the ultimate music episode. Yeah, no, no, I'm. Yeah, I just want to say I saw them before they were big uh, at at Aspen, Colorado. So I just want to say that you saw them before anyone even knew they existed. Yeah, before they were big, I saw them in a library when they were performing to just like thirty people before everyone knew, and then they went so mainstream. <laughs> but I loved, I loved Tammy Pot. Spike yourself. How do you keep up with music? I um took a decision a couple of years ago to ditch all the CDs that I own. So I literally uh, sold a bunch of them. There were a few that I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to sell because they were record uh, record company samples. So I recycled those. And uh, all I do now is I just stream stuff off Spotify and Apple Music. And I don't worry about so much about the new music. I just worry about what I'm, what I feel like listening to. Mm. And I'll, I'll give Apple or, or Spotify a reference and then, I'll just listen. And I've also become less possessive about like possessive about music. Like I don't feel the need to own music. I don't feel the need to, to know as much as I used to know, be up to date as I used to be. I just look for music that I like listening to. And if that's a piece of classical music or a piece of EDM or rock or pop or whatever, that's what I listen to. Um, I don't actually make much choice uh, of my own. I just let the, the streaming services, um, make my mind up for me and and like dory there, there's there's a lot of it that you that you don't like and you that you skip but you kind of find a, a few gems every now and again yeah i know that's awesome and i i recently or not recently a couple of years ago so i stopped listening to radio just before the world cup so 0809 and i then had to obviously find a way because i love music and i i, I kind of did what you're doing um but there's websites for music mapping. So I don't know how people keep up with music, but I use music mapping. Like you say, you type in a reference, which is very much, I think, what Apple and them are doing. And then it yeah. suggests a few, um, a few bands. And then, you know, from the party days, I, I always try, try to be that cool oak who be uh, your friends with the DJ. So I still have two friends that are, I don't know, relatively big DJs that are playing overseas. So I always ask them because I love deep house music. So I always say every kind of six months, they must just, they know what to do by now. I've been doing it since 2010. So they know that they got to drop me the latest two or three hits that they hear in Ibiza or wherever they're playing. And then they, they send them my way. So music mapping is the only way, I think. Is Ibiza still a thing? Oh, Spike. Ibiza is going to be big forever because there's always young wow. people. So it's like Miami, Florida is always going to be big, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I must say, I went, I went to Ibiza many years ago uh probably probably 10 years ago now oh, yeah. uh, it, to be to be to, you know to be uh, full disclosure it wasn't a party it wasn't to take drugs uh it was for a, a a new vehicle launch and they decided to have it in ibiza and i was so disappointed <laughs> wait during the festival like 
No, it was it, it was just it was just Ibiza, and and it was it, there was some there, it must have been out of out of festival out of season or whatever it is that they have in Ibiza because there were only a few British tourists hanging around the place. But yeah, it's not uh, if you're not there to party and you're not there to, to take drugs and get off your face. It's it's very disappointing because it's it's small, it's dirty, uh, it's a lot of it's under construction. It's just not a very pleasant place. Yeah, it sounds if like you, festivals I've ever been to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, so for South Africans, I would say take Opi Kopi, put house, only house music, essentially EDM music, and put, um, self-tanned British people, like 400,000 of them everywhere, and you've got Ibiza. So, good yeah. time, good time. And possibly, if you, and possibly take harder drugs as well. Yeah. 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 No, the, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they really do, they push it to just, be, whatever's just before ayahuasca, I'd say, is what everyone's on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say just before overdose. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which is close enough, right? So, yeah, but Ibiza, if you want to go and explore your um, perversions, there's a place for you to go. Your hedonisms, I think, is a better term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, hedonisms. Go go, go to Ibiza, as uh, as the British Ibiza. might say. Ibiza. I'll, well, stick with, uh, I'll stick with Club Tropicana, thanks. <laughs> was, that, was that around in the 80s? around in my head. <laughs> Club <laughs> Tropicana. Do- Dory, remember, you need to realize it is it is 2020. What on earth is Club Tropicana? You mean what on earth is Club Tropicana? Yeah. I second that. What on earth is tri- Club Tropicana? It's the place where the drinks are free. Oh, my gosh. Is that a song reference? In other words. It's a wham reference, guys. It's a wham reference. Oh, my goodness shows. gracious. All right. So that's uh, that's probably where we got to end the show because you, you can't just make wham references for a guy who – he had great hair, though, George Michael. Got to say. What's the other guy's name, Dory, in wham? Andrew Ridgely. Andrew Ridgely. Did he, didn't he write a book? He did. I thought, I thought his name was the other guy in wham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Spike Valentine, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you with us. Dory, thank, thank you. Much, yeah, it's been brilliant. Spike, looking forward to, um, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up in the week. Um, yep, Dory, definitely. it has been awesome taking over the GCS. Uh, of course, the A team back tomorrow. The G man is back tomorrow. The full team will be back. Sia back on the mic. So it's been awesome, uh, taking over with you, Dory. So as well, I play, Asha will be back on Friday. Me and Paolo will be back playing 80 stuff and, Talking 80s nonsense. And making references. Yeah, of course. That's what we do. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, here's this band that I, you know, like I don't really want to say that I knew them before they were big. So we're going to play out on them. Um, To everybody, be loved. It's Easter Monday. Dory, to you. Enjoy your time with your family. I know it's uh, uh, your daughter's an absolute firecracker, just like her mom. So I hope you have a great time. To everybody out there, if you're listening, peace, love, and happiness. Feel connected. And we look forward to joining uh, to joining the A-team, of course, G and the team, Gareth Cliff Show, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. See you then.